0: My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zionstone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. This morning, we're going to be continuing on the theme that we've heard on the day of the Lord. Last week, we talked about the day of the Lord and uh, justice. This week, we're going to talk about preparation in the day of the Lord. In this week's readings, we see the theme again of the coming of the day of the Lord. And last week we talked about how the day of the Lord is the way the scriptures refer to the return of Christ at the end of the age. And we talked about how he's coming to establish justice throughout the earth. And we talked about how justice is God's purview and how justice is the reordering of what has been disordered by sin and death. Not whatever our secular culture deems as justice with a Jesus badge slapped on top of it. This morning, we're going to focus from the reading primarily on St. Paul's Epistle to the Thessalonians because he talks about a theme that I think is important, and that theme is the theme of preparation. I don't know if you've been following trends in the news, brothers and sisters, but there's been an interesting trend of people who, particularly some of them in the tech industry, who have had like really high paying jobs, who have quit their jobs, and ha- after having saved a bunch of money, invested a bunch of money, have sell- sold like their apartments in the city, and they've moved into the country. Uh, and they have bought, of all things, they've bought farms. And they start to work the farms, and then they buy chickens so they can have the eggs, and then they buy cows so they can have the milk. And they begin to plant crops so they can grow their own food because during the pandemic, there was a shortage of a lot of things. And then we also got hit with inflation right after that. So prices have been going up and dropping and going up again. And so there was this idea, well, let's just do this stuff ourselves so we can be prepared for when something else happens. So we don't have to rely on supply chain issues. We can just grow up more of what we need instead of just trusting that Walmart or Aldi or Giant or whoever, or my local corner shop will have whatever I need when I need to buy it when times get tough. And then there's other people who have built on this idea of, well, maybe we should just have extra food. And so some people have bought long-life food and they have it stored in a nice, cool, dry place just in case. But then there's some people who take this to an extreme, completely detached from society, and, uh, well, they see society as completely overrun and would rather just be alone with themselves in the woods. I think that that's a a bit too extreme. But the idea of being prepared is important. And the idea of being prepared for the return of Christ is also important. And St. Paul says something interesting in verse 1 in 1 Thessalonians 5 where he says, Concerning the times and the season, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night." I love reading St. Paul because he'll say, I don't need to tell you, but I'm still going to tell you. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. I don't need to, but I'm going to do it anyway. But he actually doesn't go as in-depth as as it because he he knows that they already know what he's about to say. So it's more of a, a reminder. And he says, I don't need to remind you about the times and the seasons. The times and the seasons of what? Well, remember, the context of this passage is the context of the coming of the Lord. And so the times and the seasons are these times and these eras that are going to precede the coming of Christ. And this is a callback earlier in the epistle also where he says something similar about the love you have shown. He says, I don't need to tell you about love because you've already shown it among each other. And he's saying a similar thing here about the coming of the day of the Lord. So this indicates then that there's been some good, solid teaching and preparation in their community on this topic. And yet there still needs to be some instruction. So we've had readings like we we talked about last week where he describes the coming of the Lord explicitly. Well, how would they know then? Apart from the good, solid teaching. Well, also they would know because Jesus talks about this a lot as well. Jesus says... You're not going to be able to figure out the time or the day or the year, but he does indicate the type of things that are going on in the world as a way of warning us or telling us to prepare ourselves for what to expect. If people across the Christian tradition would learn this, we would save ourselves a lot of problems. A lot of problems. When I was a kid, I've mentioned this before, but it's fun, so I'm going to do it anyway, and I told Steve about this last week after service. When I was a kid, there was a book written, I think, in 1986 or 87, and it was called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988, and we're still here, and you're like, where did you grow up? Well, Tulsa, and it was very popular in some circles, and people were freaking out, and and, 1988 rolled around and Jesus didn't come back so the 1989 was on the horizon and the same guy he was like I got the date wrong by I uh, miscalculated and so it's going to be actually be 1989 so he wrote another book called 19 I think it was like rapture report the final shout 1989 Jesus is going to come back in 89 and yeah we're still here and even a little bit more in our own time there was that guy Harold Camping right in 2013 they had the billboards everywhere you guys remember that It was long before I came here, but you see, Jesus is coming soon. This dude, he's like, I've finally got it figured out. And I remember, I think the day after was a Sunday in my former church, I was doing the the offering. So I stood up and I was like, well, I guess uh, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, right? Jesus didn't come back. We will not be able to figure this out. And if you do, if you, and here's the thing, brothers and sisters, especially with what's going on in the Middle East, if you're watching things online or you're watching the news or you're watching YouTube or, or online sources or, any, or reading sources, if somebody calls themselves a prophecy expert, just press back on your browser, turn off your TV, because they're almost always not. And they're almost always wrong. But, but... There are times and seasons that Jesus does say. See, they know Jesus will return like a thief in the night. And it's probably worth mentioning this because this this idea of Jesus secretly coming and, and, and secretly removing all of the Christians from the earth is a very popular one in Christian theology. And that's called the rapture. We spoke about this last week, so I will not talk about it a lot today just to say that it's not a thing in Christianity the point is not a disappearance of Christians as Jesus coming like a thief in the night but the return of Jesus will come like that because a thief is unexpected a thief breaks in when you don't expect them to I remember a couple years ago there was a uh, a show that I used to watch I think it was on discovery and it was a, a thief like he was, I guess, reformed, right? Had spent some time in jail. And uh, so he, he, I I mean, if you're an ex thief, I guess the best thing to do is go on TV and help a security company. So that's what he did. So the show was, they find a house um, and then he would break in to the house, steal a bunch of stuff, now when the owners come home, they'll be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then the security company would come in and obviously clean everything up and give them you know, everything that was stolen back. And then they would say, here's all of the weaknesses in your house. Here's all of the things that you're doing that you shouldn't do, right? So like a lot of people sometimes they will hang up their keys on a hook right next to the garage door. And he's like, don't do that. They can just break your door, get your keys, take your car and go, right? And, and, and it was, I thought it was a kind of a cool show, but that's the point. The family didn't know when the guy was gonna come. He would just break into their house and steal their stuff. They'd come home and then they'd catch it all on camera and he'd be like, here's how you can prepare better. That's the point of the times and seasons. Jesus is saying times and seasons are going to look like this. So be ready. He doesn't say freak out and then try to figure it out. He just says, be prepared. Be prepared. That's what the thief in the night is referencing. Then he says, While people are saying there is peace and security, suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the day. So he says, People will be saying peace and security peace peace and security right people are unable and unwilling to see the reality of what's happening happening around them and this is a reference to jeremiah six fourteen, where he says they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious peace peace they say when there is no peace what makes Jesus' and St. Paul's words and the prophet Jeremiah's words so chilling are that many of the people in their time were the ones who were crying peace and security. They're spiritually blinded and unable to see the initial day of the Lord, the coming of Christ, among them. They couldn't see it. There's, have you, if you know what a meme is, it's like a funny picture that tries to make a point. So there's a very popular one, right? Of a dog sitting at a, co- sitting at a table drinking coffee. And all around him, it's, everything is burning. Like the room he's in is burning. Everything is burning. And he's sitting on a chair drinking coffee. And he just says, this is fine. This is fine. That's what Jesus and Paul and Jeremiah are talking about. People are saying, peace, it's fine. Everything is great. Life is great. That's usually an indication that things are not. Things are not great. Now, there's a line between being aware of the times and the seasons between that and the turn into paranoia and seeing everything as an attack. There are some Christians who, who respond that way, that everything is an attack, everything is coming against them, and so they need to remove themselves from everything in the world. But Jesus doesn't remove us from the world. He sends us out into the world. And Jesus, St. Paul and Jesus uses this imagery of a, of a pregnant woman, right? The signs indicating coming birth. When, when Shantae had Isaac, right? One of the things we did was in our car, we had a go-bag ready with, like, charger, cell phone charger and some change of clothes and things that we thought we would probably need while she was there recuperating in the hospital after giving birth. We were prepared for... What, whatever eventuality that we could think of. This is what Jesus is talking about. here. This is what St. Paul is talking about, here. This, this idea of being prepared. And then he says something interesting. He says that you are not in darkness. And then he says, if you are not in darkness, because you're children of the light. So the day of the Lord, Jesus returning like a thief in the night, shouldn't surprise you. That's interesting, because many of us have been brought up to think that the return of Christ should surprise us. It should surprise everyone. But if we have an indication of times or seasons, when the return, of the, the return of the Lord does happen, it shouldn't surprise us. We should be like, oh yeah, I knew that was coming. I'm ready. Because as Christians, we are children of the light, not of the darkness. We have been delivered out of darkness. And much of what culture tries to do, much of what sin tries to do, is just drag us back in. But we are not children of the darkness. We are children of the light. And the light overcomes the darkness. Light has found us in Jesus Christ. We do not start our journey in the light, but we start in darkness. It's all we know until the light of Christ illuminates us. We don't need to gaze into the darkness or to enter into darkness before we can understand or experience light. That's nonsense. The whole human existence is for those in Christ. It's for us casting off the darkness, not a further embrace of it or including it into our churches or our lives. With all of that in mind, St. Paul says in verse 6, So then... So he sets all of this up. With all of this in mind, so then he gives them instruction. Let us not sleep, but keep awake. Be sober. Also echoing again the words of Jesus. Stay awake. The parable that we heard last week of the wise and the foolish virgins. They were uh, Five of them were prepared. The other five were not. Stay awake. Stay aware. That doesn't mean be paranoid and think that everything is an indication of the end. But it's be prepared, be aware, don't sleep. Because when we do, we're not active, right? We're not, we're not doing anything. We're just, we're, we're, our bodies are resting when we sleep. He says, we belong to the day, we don't belong to the night. He says, be sober. And then he uses some language that should be very familiar to us because he talks about this in Ephesians. In Ephesians, he talks about the armor of God. And he mentions it again here, 1 Thessalonians, he says, We belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Knowing and living in the light, Jesus says, That's what you're doing. St. Paul says, that's what you're doing. Don't go back to sleep like others have. We are equipped. He says, put these things on. The breastplate of faith and of love. I like to think that the breastplate of faith and love protects our hearts from sin and from the traps of the evil one. And faith in the scriptures isn't belief, it isn't just mere mental assent, it is faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to his commandments, faithfulness to do what he's asked us to do. And then the breastplate of love is, is part of that faithfulness of faith, of living the faith is, is love, is serving one another and loving and serving our neighbor. We are to put this on, in other words, we are to be doing the works that God has asked us to do. And then he says, the helmet of hope, the hope of salvation. Right? I like to think of it as the hope of salvation protects our minds and strengthens our will. It, it, It protects our minds and strengthens our will. It helps us to not falter in the day of testing. It helps us when things get really difficult in our lives to know that there is laid up for us a treasure in heaven, something greater than what we can ask or think or even experience now. And that should help us when we have to make tough decisions in our lives, brothers and sisters, when we get hit with trials, this hope of salvation, that no matter what happens to me here, salvation is something we will obtain. And Paul talks about salvation here as something to be obtained. He said we're not destined for wrath. Right, so in some sense, we have been saved, right, through our baptism, where we've been justified and been made new, and our faith in Christ and our faithfulness to Him. But salvation is something that we are yet to fully receive, it is something that we will be given at the end, at the return of Christ, at the day of the Lord. And the gospel reading reinforces all of this by basically teaching us what God has given us. We need to use it and steward it and shepherd it for him and for his kingdom. Because if we don't use what he's given us, what we have been given will be taken away and given to another. And think about the immediate context for his listeners. He's talking to a bunch of Judeans, people who have received the law. He's saying what God has given you, you have not used that properly. And because you have not used that properly, it's going to be taken from you and given to the Gentiles. So that's why Jesus kicked up a lot of controversy, right? Because he's saying things like this. But not just for their own context, but for our own context as well. We are to recognize the times and the seasons and work for and stay prepared for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he ultimately will come again, as we will confess in a few moments, to judge the living and the dead. And so to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be all glory, together with his Father who is from everlasting and as all holy good and life-creating spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast for Zion Stone Church. I'm Rev. Mike Lantzman, and I'd like to extend to you an invitation, if you're ever in our area, to please worship with us Sunday mornings at 1015. If you'd like to get a hold of me or would like some information about the church or just have some questions, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page or via email. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.